Warning. The following contains discussion of the secret world of Cody Alft. Y'all need to get out. Get out while you still can. Before it's too late, he'll come for you. He's come for us already. It's too late. No, God, no. <laughs> uh, listener discretion is advised. Here it comes. So Matt and I were just discussing the dangers of Cuddlingus as brought to us by Chuck Palahniuk. Go ahead. Continue. Now, Matt, what did you say the short story was called? Cannibal. Now, describe for Cody what happens in this story. So essentially, it's about a guy who uh, is skilled in the arts of uh, human pleasure, to say the least. He's a cunning linguist, you would say. Yes, exactly. And his, (laughs) his specialty is to provide enough pressure... That are suction, I should say, down there that certain things have been known to pop out. And in this case, it was an unborn fetus. What? I was wondering what kind of things he would have the suction for. Like, is he pulling out lungs or ribs or, I guess in this case, fetuses? Horribly undeveloped lungs and ribs and things like that. Mm, Uh, Sets of them. Yeah. So, um, it's implied that the guy is going down on a girl and he... The suction pulls out an unborn baby, and now all the girls in the neighborhood, when they have unplanned pregnancies, they call up the cannibal to go down on them. So, I think yeah. I saw a Takashi Miike movie with this plot. <laughs> I that was not, that was not a good story to read while eating roast beef. <laughs> I feel like Punk has an obsession with just eating women out, because, uh, it, was it in Lullaby? There's a section of that book where... Uh, like a mortician starts talking about how so many women each year die from air bubbles from being eaten out. Really? Um, yes. That's like his thing. Like that's he knows so much, so much about the topic. That's I think about it in Rant. I think that happened to like the character. The main character from Rant was supposedly real good at uh, going down on women. I feel like he had a bad experience once though, and he's just like trying to scare everyone else off of it. This is his reefer madness. He just walks out wearing a three-piece suit. This is what's going on all over America. <laughs> and it could happen in your bed. Or your bed. Or yours. <laughs> and he starts making proceeding gestures. <laughs> what message is he trying to go for? So I, I feel like today was a bit of destiny because I came home and my roommate was brewing iced tea. <laughs> That's iced tea, though. That's not sweet tea. There's a difference. Oh, Jesus. Okay, I'm done. Uh, here's the question. Did you sip it in the Modoc mug? Uh, this is his tea, so no, I'm just drinking plain old water. But you can't share tea in your household? He does have two gallons of it in the fridge, but I didn't ask for any. <laughs> Look, it's they've, got bound, they've got boundaries, James. That's that's how roommates work. Like, he, I'm sure he'd be open, like, if I asked for it, like, hey, could I get some of that peach tea? He'd be like, well, it's it's not done yet. It's, it's got to sit for eight more hours. But I, I, would, right. I would understand that. I forgive the southern thing if it's peach tea. Uh, he has blueberry and peach at the moment. He's trying stuff out. He's experimenting. Today is tea. Tomorrow is opium. That'd be nice. That'd be nice to come home and have some opium. Just to, you know, put a cap on the day. Take the edge off. Like, instead of all the alcohol, I mean, just to switch things up every once in a while, you know? I like to call it going foo Manchu. Mm. <laughs> James, you'd probably appreciate this. I recently started smoking a pipe. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? You're fucking Gandalf now? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
haven't moved up to like the long, long type yet. This is more like a Sherlock Holmes type deal. Wait, why, why would I appreciate this? <laughs> I just you figured you would enjoy the image of me I, sitting I on do. my porch smoking a pipe. See, I, I just figured. Yeah, you like pipes. Are you smoking tobacco? You token up in here? What are you doing? Some of my old roommates from Derp House, last time I was there, were like, here, you, you've earned this, and they handed me. It turns out to be a used pipe, but it was new to me. Because <laughs> uh, one of the guys got a new pipe, so he's like, I don't know what to do with the old one. Cody doesn't have a pipe. So they, they trained me in the ways of uh, pipe tobacco. And do you do you, do you smoke like normally? And this is no, no. It's like every time I go up to a clear, we're just hanging out with nothing to do. So it's, you know, so wait, once every couple of weeks. You took up the deadly lifelong habit of nicotine addiction for an affectation. Yes. That's the whole point of smoking, to look cool. So <laughs> Yeah, don't you understand smoking at all? You're just, sitting, on, you're just sitting there at a party with your fucking Gandalf pipe. <laughs> hey, look cool, don't I? Although there is a hookah, too. I haven't really done the hookah at all. Hookahs just seem kind of sad to me. It just seems like you know, the Disney Channel version of a bong. <laughs> a little bit, I guess. It's it's a lot of fucking around, really, for a little bit of smoke. I imagine I'm like the pothead equivalent of like when you were a kid and you had the crazy straws that they were cool to look at, but they were wholly impractical. So, <laughs> guys, check it out. Woo! <laughs> I have to admit, I'm a little disappointed when you started telling me about the pipe. I half expected it to be a bubble pipe. I kind of want one of those too, but I haven't I haven't found one yet that suits my needs. Well, when you get the bubble pipe, you also have to get in the little Hugh Hefner robe. That's what I was going to ask you if you had Honestly, I, I was looking for a smoking jacket for a long time, and <laughs> the, the only ones online are, like, this fucking Hugh Hefner joke ones for Halloween. I'm like, no. I don't want to spend $400. I want, like, a good low-entry-tier smoking jacket, and apparently that's not a hot commodity at the moment. You are taking this whole pipe thing very seriously. You're buying a wardrobe for it? Well, I mean, I wanted the smoking jacket before. Okay, so years ago, I wanted a smoking jacket and a bubble pipe, and now I just graduated to a real pipe, and I'll just get a smoking jacket to go along with it. I don't know if that's inspiring or sad. Well, I mean, like, years ago, I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, so I had a bubble pipe, or I wanted to get a bubble pipe, you know. Hey, okay. hey, everyone does. You know, you need, you need the bubble pipe to go with the smoking jacket. That would look, just look silly if you didn't have either or. Exactly, yeah, you'd look dumb if you just went around in a smoking jacket. Well, suddenly the pipe seems less whimsical now. It's like, I had dreams of a bubble pipe, now it's just all I have. Yeah, now I just have real nicotine. <laughs> it'll be worth it. 30 years from now, when he only has one lung. It's like the aspiring ballet dancer that just ends up stripping. (laughs) (laughs) I got what I wanted, but lost what I had. I was going to be a beautiful butterfly. Now look at me. So, Cody, this is Matt. Matt, this is Cody. I feel you two know each other now. We know each other uh, through acquaintances, I guess. That's the only way. I I refuse to look him in the eye. You communicate only through a series of firm handshakes. That's how men used to do it, damn it. No words, just handshakes and nods. I've been blinking at him a lot, but I don't think he understands. It's not actually Morse code, though, so it makes sense. Yeah, I thought you were just having a stroke. (laughs) That's actually how I communicate with people, through a series of small strokes. Runs in the family. And Alzheimer's. I don't communicate in that, though. Mostly because I forget the code. Ah, Alzheimer jokes. They're funny because I always forget the punchline. Fist bump through the air. Both, both my grandparents, my great grandparents had Alzheimer's. You son of a bitch. It's not so funny now, is it? Wait, you think you're better than me because your grandparents are sick, huh? Huh? All right. All right, all right, all right. Don't McConaughey on me now. I've been doing that. That's like becoming a thing with my friends, actually. Like, I just started saying that, sneaking into conversation, and now they're doing it too. It's infectious. I've seen all right, all right, all right t shirts. 
that just have the text, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. That's how infectious that is. Well, I want to know is, does McConaughey get a kickback from that? <laughs> he gets a dime every time he says it. He gets a dime bag. Let's be honest. Seriously, though, say it once or twice in casual conversation, and you'll find yourself hooked. It's more addictive than the tobacco we were talking about earlier. <laughs> like, pretty soon, like, you'll just be walking around, and you'll stop bobbing your head, and you'll be like, all right, all right, all right, I found a dime on the sidewalk, and you'll be happy. It's like you're aware of McConaughey, but it happens. <laughs> All right. That's what happens when you watch the ghost of girlfriends past on a, the wrong night. Oh no, what's happening? <laughs> you suddenly start leaning in every photo that's taken of you. When did I get abs? I suddenly feel the urge to watch Surfer do. I really enjoy Sahara. It's the Indiana Jones of our time. All right. Honestly, I'd be cool with being a aware McConaughey. I, I could live like that. That'd be the one werewolf story where it goes the other way around. Like, you're excited to become the werewolf, and then you're pissed off when you're a human again. Like, you're your flabby, normal self during the daylight hours. Oh, uh, So it's just Wolf starring Jack Nicholson and James Spader? God, could you imagine battling aware Spader as Matthew McConaughey? It's like the battle of the 80s hunks. <laughs> Clash of the 80s hunks. Another forgotten 80s movie. <laughs> that was their Avengers. And on that note, welcome to Below the Bible Belt. I am James. Oh, man, I didn't know we were starting. <laughs> you blindsided me. You son of a bitch. Ha-ha, how's it feel, motherfucker? I knew one day the day would come where I could surprise start a podcast on you. <laughs> no, I kind of figured this was happening. You you thought that this was like some kind of Saw-like elaborate death puzzle where I would get my revenge. This whole, like, two years worth of blows about Bible-built episodes has just been a trap for you. It didn't even work that well. That's sad. <laughs> Well, he's not a good planner. He just See, the, the worst part is he has to start his podcast off on a surprise, which means I have the rest of the podcast to fuck it up and be like, so let's go on these weird tangents that aren't related to the South in any way whatsoever, <laughs> which we've already done a fairly good job of doing. No, no, don't become self-aware. <laughs> Too late. In case the folks at home are a little confused, the sound you As are... As they should be. The sound you are... Wait, you're leaving all that in? Yes. With you. Ah, excellent. I'm already destroying the foundation. You let him win, don't you see? <laughs> He's put his tentacles into this podcast at last. You didn't go far enough north until it's now, motherfuckers. The Yankees from Indiana, it's the ones from Wisconsin. You want it north? I'll give you north. Guys, <laughs> lit your brain on fire. Um, anybody enjoy uh, popsicles? No, it's too early for voices. Oh, okay. I was going to come out and do like a really insulting, like, howdy, y'all, kind of voice, and I figured that would just not be the best way to start things off. Yeah, I'll be great. I'll be great. We've had to edit that out of all of Alex's appearances. <laughs> Understandable. But, uh, in case the folks at home are a little confused right now, the sound you hear currently is a group of frogs that are descending on our friend Cody's house. I like to refer to them as the boogans. Now, this has been, if you listen to our other podcast, <laughs> Box Office Pulp, this has been a recurring theme, which is every episode is a mad dash to finish recording before the frogs reach a decibel where all of our recording equipment just shorts out. I haven't slept in three weeks. That explains some things, I'll be honest. The, yeah, the sound I was kind of this way before the sleep thing, though. Uh, well, it's like a whole chicken and the egg thing. Did did you we create actually, we, we actually had a frog in the house the other night. They're getting closer. <laughs> Wait, they've evaded? Like, we didn't understand it. We heard a frog noise, which is common, but this one sounded extra loud. And we thought it was behind the TV. We're looking around, nothing. So we're watching so, Bones, and it's getting louder and louder. 
And eventually, my roommate goes to get, like, a glass, and he notices there's a big frog on top of our cupboards. It's just like, I don't know how it got there, but it's just chilling, just but sitting around. It was, just, it was just watching you, like, in Rise of the Planet of the Apes. It was sitting there watching us watch Bones, or it might have just been watching Bones. It's hard to tell. It was entranced by David Boreanaz. Um, so do you, like, live near a body of water, I assume? Like, is there, they like, they a put pond? in this shit-tastic little pond thing behind us. Uh, my apartment has this pond that's maybe, like, three feet deep and, like, 15 feet long. It is, like, the most sorry excuse for... It's more of, like, ditch water that got out of control. They recently put in a fountain, too, which is even more pathetic because it shoots up one strand of water and it's got a little blue light on it. It looks like a hobo was trying to be fancy. <laughs> <laughs> I do, just I do. cobbled this together with stuff he stole from better places. I do have to admit, I'm slightly disappointed. I was hoping that you were living on a swamp. <laughs> that's a time no, no. Sadly, no. No swamp coming for us. Not no, yet. no swamps. What do you think frogs are coming for? It's going to be like in Batman Returns. You're just going to fall out your window and then get covered in frogs that will resurrect you. Take that. That sounds like a good life. I don't know about you, Mr. Toad, but I feel a whole lot yummier. <laughs> <laughs> I already kind of sound like a little Kermity, so I mean, I could understand it. <laughs> just put on a fucking patchwork Kermit the Frog costume and start avenging crimes. All the while saying, you know, the rainbow connection, the lovers, the dreamers, and me. Uh, it's not easy being green. It's not. It is so difficult. It's such a hard life. But uh, the other question I imagine is running through your heads at the moment is, who the fuck is this third person? And I'll never tell. <laughs> this is Cody Alft, who... You may recognize from Pulp Nightmare and Box Office Pulp fame. Mm. Box Office Pulp, the podcast that occasionally talks about film, but not much. I love your announcement. Is this your tagline? I like, I like that. You should leave that as the official tagline. It's an app description. <laughs> yeah. I think it works, honestly. In my experience with Box Office Pulp, you're either talking way too much about Batman, The Dark Knight Rises, or not talking about movies at all. That's just my experience. With can, can you talk too much about Batman? I mean, Emily's not here, so he can answer honestly, but do, do you think that's a thing? I think you can, but you can't. Some people you can't tell that to. Uh, but then again, the I did Bat Month. That was a month. It's not called <laughs> Bat Year, was it? It's not called Bat Ongoing Progress, but. Bat Forever? Look, yeah, the, bat. the fact remains that you have recorded more Batman related things individually than any of us. Well, okay. Alright, fine. I'm, I'm the pot. In the kill. I'm black. So there. Wait, did That's you just get Matt to admit that he's black? Yeah. My God, Cody, you have completely <laughs> dismantled this show. I was just about to say, we've just spent the last ten minutes talking about frogs and other podcasts. We've done a fantastic job actually staying away from your podcast. And I, I feel fantastic. See what you do, to, you do to this? I welcome it. This is a vacation from below the Bible Belt. See, I, I'm watching Speed right now, and I just feel <laughs> inspired by Dennis Hopper. You know? I was going to ask you what movie you were watching. Because you yep. do make it a habit of every time recording Box Office Pulp to have a movie going in the background solely for your own amusement, because you sure as hell aren't interested in the podcast, apparently. Nah, well, you know, I, I have a lot of things to focus on. I get bored easily. You're like Sherlock Holmes. You just have, need 50 things going on at once to occupy your vast imagination. Kind of. A little bit. I mean, I don't want to brag. That's why the frogs are going. That's why I needed the tobacco. You're smoking that pipe right now, aren't you, and sipping out of your Modoc mug. I am sipping out of the Modoc mug. <laughs> yes! I love my Modoc mug. It is amazing. I want that Modoc mug so bad. Oh, it's like 25 bucks, dude. You gotta get one. 
That reminds me, can I can I get it? I actually have a story that's related to Modoc, believe it or not. <laughs> okay. I'm curious now. Let's go on. The one month Cody's on the show, you have a Modoc story. I was gonna share this story privately, but uh, I was not able to. Alright, we'll stick a pin in that, but first, we've been recording for like an hour and I still haven't said who Cody is. Exactly. <laughs> That's my kind of podcast. I first met the distinguished Mr. Alft. God, about- A bistro in Shanghai, 1936. <laughs> the smoke clogged the air. It might have been opium. It might not. It's hard to say. It was my first evening with Sweet Lady Pipe. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to name her Sweet Lady Pipe. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Again, history is being made. I'm a strong believer in naming my inanimate objects, like my car is named Bruiser, my nerf <laughs> shotgun is named Natasha. Why is your car named Bruiser? Uh, because I bought it after a hailstorm, so the entire thing is pitted like someone attacked it with a ball-peen hammer. You have a noir mobile. <laughs> I mean, it's just like a 99 Grand Am, so it's nothing special, but... It's that tough. makes it even better, exactly. A 99 Grand Am named Bruiser with... Does it still have the hail marks on it? It does, yeah. I never bothered. Oh. I had a new hood to replace uh, the fucked up one, but I, I never bothered. So now I just have the dents. Your car has battle damage. Pretty much, yeah. I call my guitar Old Smokey because it survived the fire. Like, I just, I name things. <laughs> what the hell was I talking about? <laughs> yes, yes. He was saying how the two of you met. It was it was apparently in an opium den in Marrakesh, I think. I can't That's, remember. That sounds about right. Well, it was on a superhero-related internet forum, so it was about the same. Yeah, might as well have been. Yeah, Cody and I first met on the superhero hype forums a decade ago. Has it been that long? I almost spit out of my Modoc mug. <laughs> I was looking that up the other day. Yeah, it's been over a decade. Jesus Christ Almighty. Next to my family members, you are my oldest known associate. Oh, I'm so sorry. You made the rap sheet <laughs> of James Ballerina of Boyd Lewis. My God. Like, you're my emergency contact. You're, you're <laughs> who my vast fortune is going to if I'm assassinated. Oh, speaking of which, uh, how are we handling this? Do they call up and they're like, yeah, should we just take the organs out now, or do we want to keep them running for a couple hours? Like, which way do you want to go? You're not getting my organs. I have plans for those. Do you have power oh. of attorney, though? That's, <laughs> there's, there's a difference between being uh, your, uh, what do we call it, your heir in the power of attorney. I assume I have that, too. You need to give him power of attorney, though, because that's more than just, like, your right to life. So he can do your taxes for you. Just do it just for the hilarity of uh, Cody doing your taxes. Cody actually does have a financial job, so it would be the smart thing to do. I have a Roth IRA and a 401k. <laughs> <laughs> you okay? <laughs> what was in that MODOK mug? Curses MODOK mug! <laughs> It's betrayed you. Chemical organism designed only for choking. Oh, God, that was hilarious. <laughs> That's just water. I don't know how that happened. Anyways, let's move on before I die. Well, the funny thing is, Cody is the reason I know everyone else on the Pulp Podcast Network. Right, without him, there would be no Matt, no Mike, no Alex, no, by extension, Mercer. My God, you're making this like it's a wonderful life. Like I was about to jump off a bridge, and you're like, but what the good you've done? Isn't it, though? Are you about to get some wings, Clarence? Uh, every time Cody chokes, James gets a Modoc mug. <laughs> I met Alex and Mike on another message board, which you extended an invitation. Southernbroads.com. Oh, yeah. I remember this clear as day, because 
of the amazing image you cut in this moment. The amazing thing about Cody is he is the most photogenic man alive. Like, I'm <laughs> posting photos of him in the show notes, don't worry. <laughs> We're going to call you a fucking liar. Like, that man is a walking Norman Rockwell painting. Can, can I just interject and say that um, I have the Valentine cards you sent of him to me. You sent, like, three or four over the course of one night showing me how photogenic it was. You made them for of him. I mean, yeah, I hope he doesn't know that. I was going to say, I haven't heard anything about this before. <laughs> I made Valentine's Day cards, like, two years ago out of Facebook photos of you. I've been creeped out by him. Listen, I, I'm a little creeped out, too. I'm unnerved after that because I was like, another one? I get one or two as a joke, but he had way too many. That's all I'm saying. That was how I spent a night. <laughs> I was a little concerned because one time I found out he had a Tumblr called Fuck Yeah, Cody Elf, and I was just like, this is weird, but all right. This started out in this episode, but I think we should have an intervention for James. But he sent me a private message on this site. The message subject was, shine on, you glorious star. <laughs> uh, yes. To this day, he's never explained to me what that means. But he sent me this message, inviting me to this other internet forum, and at that time, his avatar was David Hasselhoff in a Speedo, smiling. And his personal title underneath the avatar was, what do I do with my dynamite? (laughs) And that door he opened on that moment is what led to the podcast you're listening to right now. And the surprising thing was I was sober. That was back before it all went wrong for Cody. All of the alcohol. All the pipes. All the mugs. All the women. The question I have, does that make him like the Pulp Podcast God? Or like the Pulp Podcast Nick Fury that brought everybody together? What would you say? He's the Joe Chill of the Pulp Podcast Network. (laughs) His random, careless action led to all of this. I like that. I always see myself as more of a Coulson, but I'll take that. The important part is you're the centerpiece of this perverse tapestry. You're the axle that keeps us all together. <laughs> Don't put that kind of responsibility on me. Without you, the machinery breaks down. We have no reason to even be together anymore. I am the oil. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing is, as long as I've known Cody, I still know about as much about him as the audience does. <laughs> <laughs> You're a very enigmatic man. I like to keep my distance. I don't do hugs, barely do handshakes, and eye contact's only to scare the other person. That's why you're such a master negotiator. I always get what I want. By stabbing. But one thing I have managed to uncover about you is you have the weirdest last name I've ever heard. Alf. Did I ever tell you the story of how we got that? I believe you have, but... I, I assume it was German, but what I know. It is. It is German. Ah, I was right. Racism pays off. <laughs> <laughs> For the viewers at home, in case I haven't told the story already... <laughs> Uh, the town of Elft was a small German town that was on the border. And the inhabitants were pissed off because people were constantly invading and taking them over. Like, they were right, they were doing the splits over between France and Germany. So they constantly had forces running back and forth taking them over. Like, uh, the... Just like in, uh, what's it called? Auslast Lorraine? Was it, like, in that area? I have no idea. Like, I have never studied the family history enough to actually care. But, uh... Because I was going to say, that's that part, of, that part of France and Germany... Was constantly swapping back and forth between the two. Yeah, like they were just constantly, like no one owned it for more than like a month. Or a I just wanted to mention that. 
I, I I needed to throw some history in there. So. <laughs> you need your history fix. Yes. But uh, our, our coat of arms was just a knight being devoured by a lion. And uh, the <laughs> town was the knight, and the lion was fucking everyone else around him. So you had you have a coat of arms, like a family coat of arms. Yeah, there's a Cody Elf family crest. Here's the catch. Everyone in Elf one day decided, fuck this shit, and stood up and left. Like, the town left and came to America. So everyone in the United States with the last name Elf is technically from the same town, but we're probably not technically related. They just collectively called all of us Elfters and eventually just said, oh, look, it's the Elves. <laughs> so, you know, we all came to Wisconsin, Iowa, that kind of area. And we're all from the same city, but we're not part of the same family so much. I bet you went from the old country to Wisconsin. Well, the the climate's fairly similar. I mean, you know, pine tree to pine tree. The town of Alf's attitude reminds me of my own hometown. You know, when you get tired of shit, you say, fuck all y'all, we're going to do our own thing. So That's exactly it. We don't want Germans, we don't want French, we want nada. One day my name will be Matt Calhoun Falls. I predict that. It's not already? Not yet. I'm still... The paperwork's going through. I'm waiting. So there you go. Audience at home, you've learned something about Cody today. Cody, how was your... Uh, how's your past month been? Let's start the show proper after two hours. <laughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> so the past month... Um, all right, we'll start by nearest big event. It was like five days being surrounded by dirty, sweaty hippies. It was like a stoop <laughs> hippies. Okay, you cut out completely. After I asked you that question, I just got stew of hippies. <laughs> that, that actually aptly describes the entire thing. I went to the Summer Camp Music Festival, and it was just four or five days of just hanging around with sweaty hippies. Like, there was no showers. It was like 80-some degrees. Hippies, no showers. Ooh. Oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> I heard your iPod got stolen by hippies. My, my iPod was stolen by hippies. Uh, basically... To get in this place, they patch you down on security and they check to make sure you don't have any alcohol. They don't care if you have marijuana. They want to make sure you don't have alcohol. Because they, they sell alcohol there for <laughs> exorbitant amounts. We want you to get wasted on our terms. Like, okay, a 12-pack of beer there is 30 bucks. Good, Jesus. Yes. So they, they don't want you bringing your own beer. That's not what Marvin J. Woodstock wanted. <laughs> One way we got around this was uh, I convinced my roommate, former roommate, to hollow out a loaf of bread and hide a bottle of rum inside of it. Oh my god, you bootleggers. You so, all Hogan's heroes with it. So they didn't check the bread, so he got his rum in. Um, we were going to tape some bags of wine to our body, like <laughs> guts, but they were too saggy and we didn't have enough prep time. So we didn't do the wine bag, which was kind of our downfall. We ended up taking a bag of wine, which is something like five liters. It's it's you know it's like the equivalent of drinking five bottles of wine in one coat. Liters, look at you using the metric system. That's how they measure their wine. It's fancy. So we drank all of this in two hours as we were trying to get into the place through security. That's... Wait, wait, you got wasted before you even got into the concert. <laughs> Haven't you ever been to a concert, James? That's what you do. Yeah, we didn't want to waste the booze, and we couldn't just sneak it in. So we drank five liters of wine in two hours. And you survived. So we drank. This bag of wine, like all five liters of it, between the three of us and a couple strangers had a sip or two here and there. It was nice because it comes in a bag with a spigot, so we just put it in the guy's backpack, so as we trudged along with our wagon, we could get drunk. <laughs> Pioneers. Yeah, pretty much, yeah, yeah. We had 12 clocks, it was very unusual. Uh, so we got security. One guy is like 6'2", and he's pretty much a skeleton. Like, he has skin and bones, but I don't think muscle or fat is part of his body. He's just nothing. So he was really drunk. And he was the guy who'd been there before, campsite. And by lead us, 
As soon as he got through security, he just bolted. Son of a bitch. God does not want you to tell this story. That's it, yeah. Anyways, drunk guy runs down the road. We're trying to follow him, but we've got a wagon with stuff falling off of it, and we're drunk. He sets up a tent in the middle of the street where hippies are just, like, walking around it and pushing it off the way. Somehow he sets up a tent without any tent spikes. I don't know. It's like Christmas Eve. Anything can happen at a hippie concert. It was kind of a miracle, yeah. So we spent four days just not showering, surrounded by hippies. Everyone was completely stoned, or worse. There were some new drugs I'd never even seen before or heard about in my life. You didn't know what was in that pipe you were smoking? Bag of yellow powder. This guy just sticks his finger in, swirls it around, and then sticks it along his gums. I'm like, I'm like, what this is, but the guy seemed pretty buzzed afterwards, like he was happy. That's you don't know what it was called? Uh, I, I asked my my buddy about it, and he gave me some fancy name, and I don't remember what it is. I don't plan on trying it. Apparently, it gets you really jacked. Like, it's a good buzz. It's not cocaine. So, yeah, I went through a whole weekend of that. Uh, one time, I had to go out to my car to get more alcohol, because we had a second wine bag in the trunk. You can drink in the parking lot, you can't drink inside the park. You know, for like a, a, a thing of, of hippies, they sure have a lot of rules. You know, I thought like free love and free wine was what the hippies were founded on. Yeah, you if, know? You, if you get the wine in there, I don't think they'd care. They'd probably be all for it. A lot yeah. of people would come up and try and beg some off of you. So we went out to my car, we all had a bunch of wine, we got drunk, and I'm assuming it was me who forgot to lock the doors back up, because we just went into the trunk, we didn't go into the car. So some asshole must have gone through like every one of the hundreds of cars in that lot, checking each car for open doors, opened mine up, and stole my iPod. Which was terrible, because I made a driving playlist specifically long enough to get me from point A to point B. Like, it was perfect. It was on the nuts. It was perfect. I was wondering why you brought an iPod to a concert. It's like, were you just going to protest the bands there by listening to your own music? Well, like, okay, the music, the concert was in Illinois, and I'm in Wisconsin, so it was uh, probably seven hours for me to drive there. Plus, if you have to go through big cities like Madison, Milwaukee... It really slows you down. So it's good to have some music to listen to. I was pissed um, off because I downloaded a bunch of podcasts, too. I was going to listen to catch up on Below the Bible Belt. Uh, <laughs> Wait a name drop. Below the Bible Belt. The podcast to listen to while on the road. Kissing our ass. The podcast to listen to before getting drunk in a parking lot. <laughs> I'm serious, man. Below the Bible Belt saved my life. <laughs> no, there have been, like, I get really tired when I drive if I'm listening to music. So if I put on podcasts, I feel like I'm in a conversation. So there have been a couple times where I'll be nodding off on the road and be like, time for below the Bible belt, and I'll throw that on and I'm awake again. So that shouting things keeps you from falling asleep. So what do you say? Like You you feel you feel like you're in a conversation. Do you yell stuff at the podcast? You, got, you can laugh with the jokes. You feel like you talk, have people talking to you. You agree. Yeah, you're right. Education is bullshit. That's I agree right. With that. Yeah. That's why you're so at home on this podcast. You've been the third guest all along. We just didn't know about it. We'll, we'll go back and, like, uh, we'll make definitive cuts where we just put you put your responses that you recorded. I was going to say, I've uh, been making my own commentary tracks for each one of your episodes for years now, and just, I, they've never been released. It's like, uh, I thought Alex was bad for transcribing episodes. We're starting to get quite the fandom, James. Like the same. <laughs> Our close circle of friends. <laughs> they really dig it. That's actually how you and Matt met. I believe. I can't remember what exactly it was. I think Matt had listened to an episode of Box Office Pulp and was just fascinated by a story you told about almost choking to death on pennies. Oh, yeah, yeah. As a child, I love pennies. My dream, my dream was to be like Scrooge McDuck. You know in the opening to DuckTales where he just dives into that mound of gold and he starts yes. swimming in all his coins? I wanted to be that. I wanted to be that so bad. So I had a giant Slurpee cup. You know, like the kind you can go to any gas station, they give you one of those gigantic 
Uber cups, and I would put all my pennies in there. I would, like, trade nickels and stuff to my family and be like, no, I want pennies. <laughs> and it wasn't even good trades. Like, I would get ten pennies for quarters. Like, I didn't care. I just wanted pennies. Did he have anything to do with George Washington, maybe? Like, his face on it? No, Abraham Lincoln. Shit. History has failed me. I have to bow out. That's how fucked up Cody's made this podcast. You mishistoried. I was confused Washington with Jeffrey, uh, no, Lincoln, what is wrong with me? No. <laughs> Matt, no more. I'm not worthy of the history belt. He's stripped it from me. One down, one to go. You throw your most likely to secede shirt in the garbage can. He's taking my belt in, in honor of James K. Polk. What have I done? James Knox Polk, a true American hero. But we're not here to talk about him. We'll get to that later. <laughs> so I had this cup, and I had filled it with pennies all the way to the top. And I finally was going to live up my dream. And I poured the pennies over myself in a bronze shower and rolled around in them. And I was, I was happy. So you have pennies in the Slurpee cup. Question, did you keep the crazy straw? I don't believe I did. I don't remember there being a straw or a lid. I just remember there being a cup. It had like a crazy looking monster on the side. I didn't care about the cup. I just cared about the pennies within. <laughs> Little did you know what a bad omen that monster would be. Yeah. So... One day, the time came where I had filled this cup with all the pennies it would hold. And I dumped them over myself into a bronze shower and just rolled around those pennies. <laughs> and it wasn't quite as good as I imagined because pennies actually hurt a little bit. <laughs> so I'm rolling around this thing. And I had the misfortune to be like George Costanza. And I was trying to combine two of my favorite things, pennies and food. <laughs> I thought you were going to say pennies and rolling around on the ground. Uh, I enjoyed that, too, quite a bit. That's third. I mean, not, no, it's not top two, but it's close. What kid doesn't enjoy rolling around on a hill? It's great. I'm 25, and I still like it. If I find a good hill, why not? Exactly. So how old were you at this? Oh, I was, I was pretty young. Maybe five. I thought maybe it was going to be like last week. Yeah, this was two weeks ago. <laughs> I, I still... You were pouring pennies, pennies over you with the Modoc mug. <laughs> no, the fucker at summer camp stole all my pennies and my iPod. He seriously <laughs> took all my loose change except for my nickels. <laughs> what? <laughs> So this is a recurring thing. This guy, he, he took all the quarters, he took all the dimes, left the nickels, and then stole everything out of my change cup, which was a bunch of pennies and dimes. So <laughs> nickels apparently just pissed this guy off. Sorry, that was a he, he, was, he was like your nemesis. He was a uh, dime man. He loved dime dimes. Man. He knows how much I enjoy like picking up loose change on the ground. <laughs> I hate this guy. All right, so you were showering yourself with bronze. Showering myself in pennies. Just a bronze shower. And I was eating a Hershey's Kiss. <laughs> Just to make it complete. Like you're a fucking Roman emperor at this point. <laughs> yes, pour the chocolate on me. As messed up as this sounds, you know that somewhere that is somebody's fetish. To Probably. Covered in, in pennies while they eat Hershey Kisses. Someone right now is just like, oh, keep going, man. Tell the story. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was a scene in Danger Diabolique that was like that. <laughs> so, I'm not sure how this happened. All I know is I was eating a Hershey's Kiss, and somehow I also ended up eating a penny. A penny got in my mouth. But I didn't notice it because there was that delicious taste of chocolate. <laughs> so I tried to swallow, and all of a sudden my tiny little baby throat couldn't handle a penny. And I started choking on a penny. <laughs> so at this point, I had several options. I could, like, the first option, and probably the most logical one, I could have run to my mother in the next room and just, like, pantomimed dying. You know, she probably would have figured out pretty quick that something was wrong. And plus, she is a charade champion, right? You haven't told us that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's so good. 
<laughs> just like they, you know, just grab your throat. People figure that out pretty fast. Even as a little kid, you know that. You make the sign for pennies. Yeah, money, money, money. <laughs> Dollar bills, y'all. You draw a sketch of Abraham Lincoln, she still doesn't get it. <laughs> Come on! Or the second option, which in my little head was the better one, run back into my room, get underneath my desk, and just quietly fade away. <laughs> <laughs> you were a very grim five-year-old. You had accepted your fate. It's like one thing goes wrong, and you're like, well, time to die. That, that was more or less it, like, <laughs> all these moments are lost. Like tears in the rain with Hershey's kisses. <laughs> so I'm in my room, and uh, trying to spit this thing out, just kind of thinking, like, well, I'm going to die. Like, I, I didn't want to bother anyone. Let's just be quiet. You were like, I've been given my one chance to live, and I fucked it up. To <laughs> I, I screwed up. I, uh, I, my lust for gold was too much. I have to think that you just felt like your life had peaked at that point. Like, I had the penny shower. What else can life hold for me? Yeah, I mean, it was all downhill from there. What else do you do? I've never done it again. <laughs> so, uh, eventually my mother realized, like, it's odd. This kid was rolling around some pennies, and now he's nowhere. And I'm pretty sure I hear some choking noises down the hall. Wait, did your mom witness the shower of pennies? And she probably knew I was playing with the pennies. She was, like, in the kitchen or something. She just looked at you and was like, what the fuck is wrong with my son? <laughs> I'm going to go get some vodka. Yeah, I'm under my desk just choking to death on a penny still. Just kind of... <laughs> kind of thing. She pulls me out, runs me into the kitchen, over the garbage, starts smacking my back, and up comes a big chunk of chocolate and a penny. <laughs> and, you know, saved my life. <laughs> Which someday I'll forgive her for. <laughs> You've never touched a Hershey bar since. I uh, Hershey's is alright. If it's got almonds, I'll, I'll risk it. But what about the new penny-flavored Hershey's? Have you touched those yet? Last for me. Actually, I like peanuts, so I'd probably be game. I haven't noticed them around, but it sounds like a winning combination. By the way, the epilogue to this story is Cody works in finance now. So, like a young Bruce Wayne, he decided to make his living from the thing that tried to take his life. <laughs> no, I, well, I'm, I'm smarter now. Instead of like rolling around pennies, I roll around dollar bills because they're soft. <laughs> they're cotton-based. I mean, it makes more sense. Aghast, I have given myself a thousand tiny paper cuts. No! It's too Hamilton. So, uh, if we've learned anything from that story, it's just control your hedonism to a certain point where you're not eating chocolate and rolling around your money at the same time. Just, just separate them. Have your chocolate, swallow, chew, I mean chew, then swallow, and then roll on your pennies. The more you know. Uh, but, uh, you mentioned, and I'm only bringing this up because you brought it up, James K. Polk. Oh, no. You mean... Our greatest president? This is the first recorded interaction between Cody Alft and Matt Johnson, for you folks at home keeping track of Belt First Continuity. I can't remember what exactly brought it on, but at some point, you and Matt got into some kind of weird debate on Facebook. It was a misunderstanding. I thought he was talking shit about Polk. I'm like, no, you son of a bitch. No, I will never talk shit about James King. And I understand that now, so I apologize. Exactly. There's only one president I will talk shit about, and that is Millard Fillmore. He knows what the fuck he did. Are there any Fillmore fans out there? Really? Anyone? Probably. If there's if even the guy who does Mallard Fillmore. It surprised me that, for all my knowledge and love of history, that there's James K. Polk fanboy. So, I mean, if there, I bet there are a lot of us. There should they be. might be giants wrote a James K. Polk song, even. 
And it's a very catchy song. Those are the same people who inspired and taught people about the history of Istanbul and Constantinople. That's right. They're very educational people. This was the moment when I realized we had to have you on the show, because Matt called in your James K. Polk knowledge like into question. Well, I, am I going to have to look this conversation up? I will clarify. Like the the thing that, like I said, I was amazed that there was someone out there who like James K. Polk, just because like I've said this before that I even said it on another podcast where we were talking about presidents that Polk was the most uh the best president we ever had that everyone seems to have forgotten about. It's very sad. Yes. Uh just because he had that unfortunate being between the Founding Fathers era and Lincoln, because there are a lot of duds. Miller Fillmore, one of those. <laughs> Fuck you, Fillmore. But the point is, when this was brought up, Cody responded within 15 minutes with three paragraphs and a song. <laughs> you like have that up? I'm trying to find it on my Facebook so I can read out this conversation. I don't, I'm not seeing it. I can find it and post it in the show notes. My show notes are all powerful. Seriously, though, uh, if you want some good music... James K. Polk by They Might Be Giants. But since we've brought it up, Cody, what is it about James K. Polk that speaks to you? <laughs> All right. So you know how most presidents, they, they have promises, and, you know, they do their four years, and they're like, well, I, I can do more good. Let's do four more years. No, fuck that. James K. Polk came in and said, four fucking years, people. And in four years, he did his job, did all the shit he said he was going to do, and then died. <laughs> He's the Bill Hicks of presidents. Yeah, he didn't string you along like, well, will he run again in the future? Will he become the mayor of Mooseport? Who knows? No, he just dropped dead, and that was that. He swallowed his penny like a man. Yeah, it didn't choke him. He just took it. <laughs> but, I mean, really, the guy fucking did what he said he was going to do. Um, manifest destiny? Yeah, let's go and take half of Mexico. I think I'd like that. And then he did. No, no qualms about it. He's like Walter White, you know, this train never stops. It just, like, it just blindsided me that it would be anybody who, like, someone I knew or tangentially knew liked a president so much that everyone seems to have forgotten. just blew my mind. It was a little unfortunate, like, in middle school, I had to do a report on a president, and it was supposed mm -hmm. to be a five minutes just, like, tell everyone about a president. And everyone's like, I want Washington, I want Lincoln. I'm like, fuck that. I did James K. Polk, and I did it for like 15 minutes. Like Everyone else was like, can we go now? He's going away over time. <laughs> I'm like, no, you will all sit here and you will listen. The thing is, I've talked about this before with like presidents and stuff. Everyone loves to talk about the founding fathers. Everyone loves to talk about Lincoln, uh, Teddy Roosevelt, uh, Franklin Roosevelt, the modern-day presidents, because they're considered more sexy. But, you know, Polk is like the whole reason we have the whole entire western half of the country, essentially, is because of that guy. Um, now, part of it, too, was he was kind of an asshole. But that's what I was going to say. He was wildly, like, the Mexican-American War was wildly unpopular when he was president. Man. Yeah. It was very much imperialist land grabbing. Don't get me wrong about that. But well, that's, that's what I like about him. Like, he didn't make qualms about it. He was just like, fuck it, I'm taking the land. Yeah. People were like, oh, that's kind of a dick move. And he's like, I don't fucking care. Like, there was... There's a story about him where the guy, like, at this point, I think in the Mexican-American War, the United States had captured Mexico City. Like, the war was over, but the Mexicans were refusing to sign a treaty. Um, and Polk was like, no, we want to take all of it. He wanted to take all of Mexico, essentially, is, is the way I think it was playing out. But America didn't want Mexico because it had 
a lot of Mexicans in it. That was part of their problem. Um, it's funny how stuff back then seems to uh, affect us today. People still don't like Mexicans, but uh, <laughs> some racisms are eternal. Exactly. But the ambassador negotiated a deal where we got all the territory that we ended up getting the Mexican-American War. Um, and Mexico got to keep Mexico and pulled fire at his ass. But it was too late to do anything because they had signed the treaty. They went behind his back to end the war that everyone hated. And Polk was like, I want more land. More. And it's four years ago. Polk. The incredible Polk. All right, that's, that's why he died. There was no more land for him to take. He took it all the way out to the coast. He got all the Oregon Territory. He's like, well, now what? He was looking at Japan right before he died. He marched to the Antarctic and blew his brains out. But I, I say, Cody, you and I should write something. Call it the Incredible Polk. <laughs> I like this idea so much. <laughs> that's funny you bring it up. I've always been fascinated by the fact that so much of American history has come about just because of our long-standing hatred with Mexico. <laughs> it's like the reason weed is illegal is because of racism against Mexicans. <laughs> well, Mexicans and black people. Ah, we can't forget Don't that. forget about that. It's like we looked at Europe and said, oh, your history is shaped through bigotry? Bullshit. <laughs> we can do better. That's James K. Polk, this racism. He didn't want to build a wall. The wall wouldn't have existed had James K. Polk had his way. There would be a wall. It'd be a wall with Central America. I don't know if I believe that, because James K. Polk always got his way. <laughs> like, even when other people compromised, he still more or less got what he wanted. Yeah. Like, oh, let's run for president. But, Polk, no one knows who you are. Fuck that. I will be president. And like, he was. Like, was so badass, too. It's like, he was Speaker of the House before... And he regretted becoming president because he had so much more power as Speaker of the House than he ever had as president. <laughs> I just like the idea of Polk sitting somewhere behind a desk like, unlimited power. <laughs> His Caroline and twang. <laughs> I just like the idea that James K. Polk is the George Lazenby of presidents. <laughs> Both in the fact that he's underrated and the fact that, like Lazenby, he just walked in and said, yeah, I'm president. <laughs> But no, fuck you, I'm the president now. <laughs> well, he's the president. Oh, well, he's got the authority now. Give it to him. But yeah, also, I want to take a moment to say that Andrew Jackson was an asshole. So. Well, yeah, I mean, we can agree on that. I think we can agree on that. If only, if, see, that's the problem. If Polk would have killed like a hundred people in duels and had a poor presidential uh, legacy, he'd be remembered. But no. He'd be all over the currency. Exactly. People wouldn't be like, young Hickory, who's that? <laughs> Yeah, now he's like the Jim Belushi of hickories. Fake no give it time. Him. Give it time. James K. Polk will work his way up to Mount Rushmore. <laughs> well, see, this is the thing. I think he, like, if you look at, like, the list of, like, presidents, he's, like, the uh, greatest president. He's constantly, uh, like, in the top ten. Or, he's, or if he's, you ask historians, he's in the top ten. You ask, like, you know, regular people, he's always, like, <laughs> who? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. that category. Like, you mean the guy named James K. Polk? Was actually president. Who? You mean a guy named Franklin Pierce was president? Pierce was probably one of the worst presidents. But uh, I, what about? Well, I guess Harrison died before he could do anything wrong. So I mean, that stops him from being the worst. Yeah, I mean, well, no, in fact, just, James K. Polk actually killed Harrison. He was going to be the next Hitler. He gave him the pneumonia. He, uh, Harrison gets an incomplete grade. That's true. He had like a month in office, and most of that was bedridden. Exactly. Still, come on, man, get your shit together. Exactly. He still managed in that month to write many bigoted bills against Mexican-Americans. <laughs> I did my part. I ensured my legacy. I would like to say, like, loving James K. Polk, every once in a while has its advantages. 
How? Like, one time I was in trivia, and they're like, what does the K in James K. Polk stand for? And I'm like, oh, oh, oh we're putting full points on this one, boys. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, you just get really angry watching History Channel when they rank the presidents, and they're like, eh, James K. Polk, whatever. So this is why sometimes it pays off to like all the presidents, almost equally. Except for you, Miller Fillmore, uh, Warren Harding, and uh, I guess I can't. I can't hate on uh, James Buchanan, because that might be a hate crime. So, <laughs> If you know your history, you'll know why. Ironically, he was our first Mexican president. He assassinated himself. Well, he probably, <laughs> well, he probably did do the dirty thing, too, so that's all I'm saying. Oh. Well, we got to talk about history, so I can just... You know, we didn't do football yet, though. We didn't do football. We didn't do football. So, yeah, speaking of football, you are from Wisconsin. Until the South rises again, this has been Below the Bible. No. no. You're from Wisconsin. Yes. Uh, land of the Cheesehead, and also the University of Wisconsin. Yes. Um, did you go to school there? Uh, I or was you didn't accepted go there, but I was too poor to actually go to Madison. Like, they are crazy expensive. Yeah. Uh, one semester at Madison was like... As expensive as my entire stay at UW Eau Claire, so I it was it was like over twenty thousand dollars like a year or something nuts. Well, are you a University of Wisconsin uh, football fan? Yeah, I mean I, I pay more attention to uh, the NFL than I do college football, but I'm the, the, slightly again, better than like a Fairweather fan. That's, you know, that's something that again that that switch with I've noticed with uh, Northern football. Northern football, like NFL, is more seems to be more prominent. We're down here. It's college football. Like we really care about the Badgers. There is a ton of diehard Badger fans, but it, like the Packers are a religion up here. Like if you don't like the Packers, oh, yeah. you're probably you know some sort of child murderer, <laughs> or or you're a Bears fan, which is yeah. If you're a Bears worse. fan or a Vikings fan or a Lions you fan, you will be a child murderer. Yeah, you you are. But even then, it's kind of iffy. If yeah. you're in the States and you betray your team, <laughs> I hate you. Um, I was kind of hoping that you were a Wisconsin fan, just because uh, in Wisconsin. Yeah, I am a little bit. It's exciting. we got uh, Aberderis now on the Packers, so that's like a great bridge. Bridging of the two teams together. Exactly. Um, uh, in Wisconsin, the bigger deal is the Bucks are terrible, so no one cares about you know NBA, but we all really, really care about the college basketball team. Well, what about uh, baseball, like the Brewers? Brewers have a, a very large following. Like, people love the Brewers up here, but I don't give two shits about Sorry, baseball. <laughs> also, the Brewers never... Ah, the Brewers never what? The Brewers don't win all that often. Yeah. We're doing really good this year, but most of the time we're just all right. We kind of sneak into... I'm sabotaging the recording, so you won't talk about football. No more sports. Well, the, the reason why I just wanted to... I, we can talk about sports briefly. The only reason I wanted to bring up football at all was I just wanted to mention the fact that... Uh, University of Wisconsin. Uh, the last game the football team played was a bowl game, and they lost at the hands of the University of South Carolina, my favorite team. So, yeah. The, the Gamecocks. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to you know, make was, fun of the name all you want. We were we we did not deserve to win that game. We were not playing that great. I didn't realize you were on the team. I've noticed other people don't do this. Like um, Wisconsin Heights take ownership. Like they pretend they're part of the team. Like, oh, yeah, I told him to take that third down. I, I told him to run for it. Well, I think, too, like, with the way the Packers are, because literally the oh, fans own that. the team with the Packers. You know, you can buy stock in the, the stock is pretty much meaningless, but, I mean, it's, it's yeah. cool. But, yeah, it's a, it's a cool thing to do. It's, you get you, you get more of an ownership than you do probably in any other major sports team. Um, yeah. So. Well, I mean, they're only the only publicly owned professional sports team in the United States. Maybe even, I'm not sure how the rest of the world does theirs, but 
Probably not. It's it's just amazing. I mean, we're the smallest market in the NFL, but we've got a huge following. Like okay. the games are always sold out, and we've got like a huge stadium. It's it's cool. You know, we take a lot of pride in it. Um, there was actually someone from where I used to live, Lincoln County, used to play for the Packers. He was a defensive end. I think he was on the team the year they won the Super Bowl a couple years ago. His last name was Wynn, mm-hmm. W-Y-N-N. He was like yeah, 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 yeah. Like a defensive end. So he didn't get a ton of play time, but I remember he was one of the. He- uh-huh. So yeah, that's another gap that's been breached. So, bridging me to you out. <laughs> if you like the Packers, I don't have any problems with you. <laughs> I mean, I'm indifferent to all NFL teams. I have no favorite NFL team. I know that probably sounds weird, but oh, I was gonna say, like, who do you guys cheer for? Because Alabama doesn't have any NFL teams. <laughs> Alabama doesn't really have anything. Well, we have we we have uh, Crimson Tide, our college football team. That's basically sports for us yeah. down here. And then there's the Talladega race, although NASCAR is not a sport. That's for the I'm kids. sorry. I know I'm betraying my southernness by saying that, but NASCAR is not a sport. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to contradict you. Yeah. It's funny you mention it. Mobile has this weird curse <laughs> where any time we try to get a local sports team, it fails catastrophically within the first few years. Like we had a hockey team, the Mobile <laughs> Mystics. It folded after like three years because it's a fucking Alabama hockey team. And like the Mystics, they would see it coming. We had a basketball team. Oh. We had well, we I think the only thing that stuck around is the Mobile Bay Bears, which are like the two dollar hooker of local baseball teams. I think they're just playing for food at this point. I was going to say I remember there was some Alabama team. The only reason I remember minor league. Uh, baseball team because the last name is the biscuits <laughs> i have not heard of them yeah and then of course there's the uh the other alabama team the grits they play each other biscuits and grits sold out audiences but um like for me where i'm at like uh, as far as the like, nfl and stuff like i'm equally equal distance from charlotte where the panthers play in atlanta where the falcons play so um i straddle the line between two fans uh, two types of fans and i root for neither they're trapped oh. between two worlds. I walk through. I root for all thirty-two teams equally. I know that makes me a son of a bitch. Uh, a man divided yeah. among itself cannot stand. <laughs> Especially thirty-two ways. Like you're like a living version of one of those like, step in three states at once tourist traps. <laughs> the man who roots for thirty-two teams at the same time. That's you can't do that. You can't. You gotta pick just, one. Just for how about this? Just because it's the most Johnson team out there, I'll root for the Raiders. <laughs> the Raiders. Yeah, how about that? I'm sorry, I'm still stuck on the mental image of PJ dressed as a carnival barker with a little megaphone. Step right up, see the man divided between 36 sports teams. <laughs> is he man? Is he monster? Is he something else? Fuck your privacy. I also have like four baseball teams I kind of halfway like. <laughs> and no basketball teams. I too am from the South. My favorite player is Larry Bird. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> he played more, but anyway... Um, yeah, so we can move on from sports, James. I know. He's been writhing in agony the whole time, like he's got his parasite. Get out of my stomach! This is my version of Hellraiser. I'm just being torn apart by sports conversations. (laughs) No tears. Don't waste such precious things. Jesus wept. I might have to swap movies. (laughs) Have you finished Speed? 
It's it's just about done. They got everyone off. Have they jumped the bridge? Or oh, that's early on when they jump over the Yeah, yeah, that's a little while ago. Ugh. Have Reeves and Sandra Bullock based their relationship on sex yet? I think he still has killed Dennis Hopper in the subway, so that that's pretty much it. Spoilers, man. Also, R.I.P. Dennis Hopper. <laughs> not not in like real life, but in that movie. Yeah. Zombies, man. They creeped him out. <laughs> Land of the Dead does not get enough credit. I love that movie. It's lesser Romero, but it's still solid. I would break Romero down into, like, two chunks. Like, pretty good Romero that I love, and just shit Romero. And Land of the Dead was the last great Romero. Yeah, have you seen the Night of the Living Dead documentary that's streaming now? It looks good. I will have to try and remember to check that out. Below the Bible Belt recommends that movie. Don't put my name on that. I haven't seen it. I do not approve of this. That is an unlicensed Below the Bible Belt recommendation. James Lewis recommends, not Matt Johnson. One half of Below the Bible World recommends that thing we were talking about. <laughs> I give you permission to recommend it for Box Office Pulp. Box Office Pulp doesn't care. Box Office Pulp wants to know why Below the Bible Belt is cutting in on his market. Below the Bible Belt wants Box Office Pulp to shut the <laughs> fuck up. Is Box Office Pulp going to have to cut a bitch up in here? <laughs> Below the Bible Belt is sorry that it has standards. Box Office Pulp ate macaroni for five weeks once. Box Office Pulp doesn't care. (laughs) You like what you just heard? Tune in next time for part two. Let me just break something down for you, son. James K. Polk, or Young Hickory, as some might call him, was a man of his word. He promised that he'd only serve one term, and during that single term, he accomplished four main goals. One, expand the southwest region of the U.S. Two, procure the Oregon Territory. Three, reduce tariffs. Four, reestablish the independent treasury. True to his word, he did all four of those things, then dropped dead three months after his term ended, like a real man. Because of this unheralded titan, the United States was able to compromise with England for possession of the Oregon Territory from the 49th parallel down. Not a single bullet fired. Not shabby. He annexed Texas, won the Mexican-American War, pretty much single-handedly, and forced Mexico to cede California, Nevada, Utah, Arizona, and pieces of Colorado, New Mexico, and Wyoming. The dude basically fulfilled our manifest destiny, solo. The dude was a hard-ass and knew how to drive a compromise and could back up his words with fisticuffs. This catchy song by They Might Be Giants might better illustrate these points, or possibly just make them more fun. How any bright-eyed child could look into a history book and not come away enamored by this president is a mystery to me. Sure, you got Washington, Lincoln, Madison, they're all great fellows, but this is James K. Polk, the Napoleon of the Stump, the unstoppable dark horse, the 11th president of the United States, and, if I do say so, the finest one we ever had. I have a Roth IRA and a 401k.